Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. What would you expect if you took a seed of corn this coming spring, planted it in a small garden plot at your home, made sure it got enough water, come fall, what would you expect? Now, you might not have a PhD in botany to understand everything that's going on you know, underneath the ground or the mysteries that uh, they're still working through with that, but you would still share the same expectation that come fall, if you planted that seed, you're going to have a stalk of corn. And you are going to have on that stalk of corn, ears of corn. You expect it. I want to welcome everybody to our commitment weekend for Light the Way. And if you will respond to these commitments that we'll put out today, two commitments specifically, I want you to know what to expect from doing so. Now, if you happen to be a guest that's with us, you're just kind of joining us online and checking out what's taking place here, actually, I think this is a great weekend to have chosen to do so because you're going to get just a lot of insights into like, hey, what's the, what's the heart of Fox River all about? I want to take us to a bottom line as we begin. And the bottom line would be this, that we need to expect what Jesus said would happen to happen. We need to expect that what Jesus said he would do, that he will do. Would you join me in this prayer? Lord Jesus, I pray that we will have clarity to be able to look at what it is that you've said to us, what you've promised, not to embellish it and not to pull back from it in any way. I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us in a very personal way. And we pray this in your name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Amen. The first commitment that I want to put in front of you this weekend will be the commitment to be an active follower of Jesus. Now, this is truly his heart for you. We could say it's at the heart of our Light the Way initiative. It's at the heart of our 2025 vision, which has said this. We just shared this in October as Light the Way has begun to move forward, that Fox River will shine brightly as a city on a hill, led by 4,000, here it is, active disciples, that is, active followers of Jesus, individual beacons of light sharing the transformational message and life-changing power of Jesus with every family in our community as we welcome 2,000 new believers to faith by 2025. Now, why is being this active follower of Jesus so important? I want to write this down. It's because believing in Jesus didn't change the world. But following Jesus... It changed the world. If I could take us back to week two in Light Light the Way, we talked about the mystery of history. And the one that coined this term, Dr. Bart Erdman, 
prolific author, historian, written over 30 books, six of them on the Times bestseller and how you can get a history book on the Times bestseller list. I think that's an accomplishment in and of itself. But in one of his latest um, books, The Triumph of Christianity, How a Forbidden Religion Swept the World, he's begging this one question of history. And that was, how did a first century movement that was launched by a dozen or so Galileans in the armpit of the world go on to become the catalyst for a cultural change that shaped the entire modern world? He says, how was it that Rome ends up replacing its entire pantheon of gods with a Galilean carpenter whom one of its governors crucified. And here's how he concludes the book. He said, Christians not only overtook the empire, but it radically, Christianity radically altered the lives of those living in it. Now you might think, Bart Erdman is a committed Christian with what he writes here. But he would tell you he's a self-professed agnostic atheist. And here's what he said. He said, this was a revolution that affected government practices, legislation, art, literature, music, philosophy, and on even the more fundamental level, the very understanding of billions of people about what it means to be human. Now think about that. Something that can affect the very understanding of billions of people about what it means to be human. He says, how everyone evaluates the merits of the case, whether the Christianization of the West was a triumph to be treasured or a defeat to be lamented, no one can deny that it was the most monumental cultural transformation our world has ever seen. He's saying historians, secular historians will say this, we know that it happened. We just can't tell you how it happened. And we go back to this. It wasn't because individuals were believing in Jesus, but it's because individuals were actually following Jesus. On a personal level, believing in Jesus, it will not change your life. But following Jesus will change your life. You may know somebody who goes like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but you couldn't tell it by you know, anything that's going on within them. And we're not trying to judge anybody because we could have said the same things, right? At times like, you know, I'm, you know, I believed in Jesus, but it really didn't make that big a difference in my life until I started following Jesus. And that's what began to bring about this transformational change within me. Believing in Jesus is not going to light the way. But if we are following Jesus, mark it down, that we are going to be able to light the way. And if we will, if we will make personally the commitment to be an active follower of Jesus, I mean, you think about the, you know, the, the antithesis, how could you be a passive follower of Jesus? Right? Inactive is like an oxymoron. But if we make that commitment, then what should we expect? Two statements that Jesus makes to this end. There's a lot of other things he says about it, but we'll just kind of keep it on two statements that he makes about it. One of the first ones he mentions in the Sermon on the Mount, significance of that is this is the repeated message of Jesus all throughout his ministry. In the Sermon on the Mount, he makes this declaration that you, a follower of Jesus, that you are the light of the world. And then he goes on to say this in Matthew 6, 33. He said, but now 
seek first his kingdom, that is the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus said this, if you seek first the kingdom of God as you follow me, and the kingdom of God is any place in the world where what God wants done is being done. In other words, if we will put first the things that God wants done in our lives, put it this way, if we live our lives in alignment with God versus unalignment, when you live your lives in alignment to what his will is, what you know that he would want for you to do, then Jesus said, and then all these things will be done for you as well. To which we would ask, uh, Jesus, what are all these things you're saying is going to happen? The next verse just opens it up. He said, now, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to ask you how many worry about what could happen in our economy and what could happen in the future and what could happen as a result of an election or what could happen in our lives when we get sick. I mean, There's so many things that we could worry about, but what Jesus is saying is if you will seek God first, then he is going to give you the help and grace that you need for the things that you are going to face that would cause you to worry and lose joy today. He's just finished talking about, in the eight verses that precede this, the things that people without God worry about in their lives. And he said, but you will not have to if you're willing to actively follow or seek first the kingdom of God. He said, expect God's working, expect God's help. Now, the second statement he makes, as he is, interestingly enough, in the communion experience that he was taking his disciples into, the Lord's Supper, he tells them this. He said, now, I am the vine, you're the branches. Everybody's like, oh, I get that. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you will bear much fruit. Jesus is saying this. If we abide in him, is a different way of saying if we're living in alignment with God, uh, easier way of putting it. If you just stay connected with him, rather than making Jesus just an ancillary piece of your life, he's integrated into how you're living your life. He's not just another cafeteria choice, but he's a very much part of your daily life. You just kind of recall them and bring them to life as you're going throughout your day with school, et cetera, et cetera. When we do that, he said, if you will, then you can expect that there is going to be fruit or evidence of my working in your life. Sometimes he said that fruit is going to be on the inside. We're going to be coming more like Jesus in ways that we very much want to. More like him with the peace, with the joy, with the self-control, with actually caring about things that matter. Trust. But he also said it's going to have evidence on the outside. People are actually going to see a difference in you. They're going to see it at work. They're going to see it in your home. They're just going to be able to tell there is something that's unique or different about you. kind of sets you apart in a good way. He said it's going to result in more people that are going to become followers of his because we are lighting the way. See, Jesus said, you should expect if you do this, then this is going to take place. And so the first commitment that I'm going to bring before each and every one of us is, will you choose to be an active follower of Jesus?
For some, it's going to be a recommitment. Like, I've done that in the past, but Jesus today, anew, I commit to actively following you. It'll be a holy moment. For some, it'll be the first time that you make that decision. The second commitment that I want to put in front of you is a commitment to join with us in the Light the Way initiative via a financial commitment. And if you will, then what should we expect? In Light the Way, our desire is to be able to get light out into the community, into the world in even greater ways. And we've laid out a couple projects that we think that God is leading us to be able to do that with. One of them is through a new facility. We've actually been gifted a multi-million dollar building that we can start new ministry in, in the north side of Waukesha. We've got our Field of Dreams building that we've talked about, some, um, a very important project over in Muskego as well. There's a lot more detail about that if you want to go to the website or the QR code. And we've talked about those things. But sometimes it's easy to focus on the what and just kind of gloss over the why. Why do we want to do these things? Why would we sacrifice financially to be able to do and to contribute to these things? And the common why that goes throughout each of them would include these. First, because we know that everyone is going to spend eternity somewhere. And that's why it's so important that we get light for people that they will not spend a Christless eternity. We know that Jesus brings life and that Jesus makes life better. And for those reasons, we want to take the gospel and offer it to people that can receive that into their lives. I was with a few people um, over this uh, past weekend and we were over at this new building and we were just imagining what it is that God wants to be able to do. And we could see, you know, just different groups of people in there. And one of the groups of people we thought about was what about kids and kids that don't have Jesus in their life right now? We know that within three miles of this new facility, there's 28,000 families, 80% of them, they don't go to church anywhere. I know what it's like, maybe you do too, I know what it's like to grow up with no gospel light in your home. I know what it's like to grow up without Jesus. I know what it's like to be in middle school. I know what it's like to be in high school without Jesus there and how that affected me and the difference that Jesus made in my life since that time. I begin to think about those that don't have Jesus. And it's like, where is the light coming from? I mean, to be in a place in which you don't have any God light that's coming in. What a disadvantage in life. What a disadvantage, of course, to all that God would want to bring to them. It's one of the reasons we're going like, we, we need to be able to do this. Similarly, when we talk about putting an outdoor building, we have already hundreds and hundreds of families that are coming together and taking part in some of the programs that we're able to do, like our sports program and kids ministry and family ministry. But we know the difference that being able to have a meeting point is going to be able to make in them finding and in following Jesus. We already know the light that's going forth from our Muskego campus but to keep that burning bright and actually to intensify it, to be able to take that project 
and the things that are going on right now to see it exponentially increased. We're also excited about the idea of those that are here in Fox River right now, right in our seats, that are making plans to be able to go out into different places of the world and to bring the gospel. And we've said we want to take 10% of everything we bring in, which we hope is at least a million and a half dollars, to be able to give, to be able to help them and support them in being able to go forth. We want to be able to take resource and be able to fund places like, like You Flourish with Kurt Owens right now, inner city Milwaukee, to be able to help to bring light into places that are very underfunded right now. That's what we want to be able to do. That's the commitment. But what should we expect? What should you expect if you say, yes, I'll enter into that commitment? Some of the most encouraging words are those that we receive directly from from the Lord in a particular area that has just specificity to it. In this case, in 2 Corinthians, it's talking about what do, you, what do you expect if you enter into a lagia, that is a special offering or something like this initiative. Now hear this, verse seven. Each of you should decide in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So if you're hearing like, oh, I just feel like I'm pressured, I'm being like, my arm is twisted, it's going like, God said, don't. I mean, if you're not doing it for God, then it's like, no, don't. But for those who are, here's what you should expect. And I'm going to take it a little bit slower than I normally would. God says, expect this. That I, God, am able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they freely scatter their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, that's God, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed, resource, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Expect it. So that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Here's what he's saying. If you make a commitment like this, then you can expect that God will bless both the gift, the resource that you make available, as well as the giver. Important not to hear what God isn't saying. Don't hear that God will bless you in the sense, if I give so much money to God, then he's gonna give even more money back to me because he did not say that. What he said was this, that you will know that you have been blessed by God. In other words, the giver will know that they are better off for having given than they would have been if they've not given. I'm gonna say that again. To be blessed by God means you know that you are better off for having given than you would have been had you not given. Sometimes you may receive that like God just gives more resource to you. Other times he makes that blessing come out in your life in ways you're going like so much better. But he says that's what we should expect. Now one other expectation if you enter into these commitments and that would be that we need to understand that we should expect a spiritual warring or warfare 
to occur in our lives. In other words, you're gonna get spiritual pushback if you try to take a step forward spiritually in your life. The Apostle Paul experienced this, and here's what he, he said. He's talking about this special opportunity in front of him. He said, there is a huge door of opportunity for good work that's opened up here. Then we go, amen. And then he goes, and <laughs> there is also mushrooming opposition. And he was, he was feeling that personally. Maybe you've done this before. I've done it before. I tell you about my craziness. You know, I'm kind of like, you know, things are going good in life. They're going kind of moving forward spiritually. And then something bad happens. Maybe it's a fender bender. Maybe something that breaks at home. Maybe something kind of blows up on you. And the first thought that you have is like, golly, God, I've been doing the best I can. Why? As in, why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen to me? Versus, same thing, bender, bender, things blowing up, tension in a relationship, and thinking this, doggone you devil. <laughs> you will do anything to discourage me from moving ahead with God, won't you? You'll do anything to pull my attention away. And I think you're gonna find that's actually what's taking place in your life. You're not moving forward, you get very little spiritual resistance. You start to move forward and you're gonna feel it. Why is that? Paul said it's because, this is reality, that our struggle, or we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so God says, therefore, take up the armor of God so that you can stand against it. Don't be intimidated by spiritual warfare, but don't be surprised when it comes. Together, as we are willing to light the way, there is so much more that we are going to be able to do. I've used the light panel here. Our video wall is made up of video panels. It's just like this. And every one of us, Jesus said, is a light of the world. So we could put ourselves right here. This is simply made up of a lot of little lights right there. And wherever you're at in the room, if we went pitch, pitch black, you'd be able to see that light. But to be able to do anything, to work around, that could be problematic. But together, you say, what would happen if you had 4,000 to that? Well, you're gonna go from this to this. And all of a sudden, like, I got light. I got enough light I could read by right now. And the star, I think, is so symbolic as we have, as we have sung together that we will shine like stars. This is how we light the way together. We've been talking about what could we do financially? Uh, financially, I look at my gift and I take this, here's what I can do. Here's what Denise and I can do. And to us, this is sacrifice, right? We've said that we will take 20% of our income on top of our regular giving this year and then again next year and be able to put to light the way because we believe in what's going on because we're in a place that we could do this right now in our lives. But even with that, it's a drop in the bucket of what we're trying to do. It's not gonna accomplish our projects. But if every one of us would just do what we could do, not what the person next to you could do, not what Pastor Guy and Denise are doing, but whatever God's enabled you to do, our gifts together 
all of a sudden there is a light that is in the community. There is a light that is shining forth from God that wasn't before. That's what we could do. Now, knowing what we can expect, let me give you the opportunity to actually take action. You're gonna find on the end of every aisle, so if you're on the end of an aisle on the right side there, there's gonna be a little basket there and there's a couple things in there I want you to grab. When it comes by to you, if you will grab one of these stars, you could do this as a couple if you want, you could do it as a family if you want, you can do it individually if you want. We'll grab a star, grab a little commitment card if you're willing to take one of those as well and get a pen if you don't have one. First thing I'm gonna ask you to do when you get this, and you're gonna have a couple minutes to do it, so don't think you've just gotta keep up with it as I'm talking with this through. But today I'm gonna to ask everyone, if you are willing to follow Jesus, would you write the word follow on the front of the star? Do you know that a 60 second decision can have a lifetime of impact on you? Actually, you do know that if you're older than like 12 right now because you've had a 60 second moment of decision and it's continuing to affect your life. This is one of them, your decision to follow. If you've never made this decision to declare to Jesus, Lord, I will actively follow you, then I hope you will today. If you've done that in the past, as I said, to make a recommitment, it's affirming what it is that we're doing, Jesus, and leaning into it. Once we've done that, then we would encourage to flip a star over. And on the back of the star, a couple things that I'd encourage you to write. Now again, you could do this together as a couple, super meaningful. You can do it individually as well. But I encourage you to write down either the name or the initials of somebody that you know and care about that doesn't have Jesus that you hope will find him. I want to encourage you to write down what is the prayer that you have of Jesus? God, would you graciously do this in my life? One of the most amazing things about these is, as we have done this in the past, we have seen so many of these prayers answered. So many of the people that I've written their name, whether it's on the back of a stone, like it's under a stage that I stand at now, or it's under the foyer. You guys, many of you have done this. Some, this is the very first time. But others have told me, do you know that person that received Jesus this weekend? They were on my stone. Today you'll be able to say, they were on my star. So we'll give you a couple minutes to be able to um, write that out. Then, if you're willing to make that commitment, to join with us in Light the Way. We've got a little slip that's here. And you can do this physically, or you can do it, you know, scan the QR code, you can do that on your phone. And speaking of our, of our phones, keep them handy. If you're online with us right now, you can do this same thing. You could enter follow in the chat, kind of a public declaration, but you can make a note of today. Here's what I am saying with Jesus that I want to do. I hope all of our online audience are going to join with us in this. Now, for those that have never made, you know, participate in a financial initiative like this before, just a couple things for, for clarity. Sometimes you see a, you know, a slip like this, if you're turning something in, if you get your name on it, you're thinking like, am I signing a contract? The answer is no, you're not signing a contract. This is just what we would say, our commitment of intent. By the grace of God, here's what I'm going to do. 
Our encouragement would be to make it over two years because in two years we can do so much more than we could do in the moment. If you're in high school, if you made a $10 commitment a week, that'd be over $500 a year. And over two years, that's $1,000. And to say that you have given a $1,000 gift to help to light the way, tell me that isn't something significant. I learned about the grace of giving in my senior year of high school. It was a 60 second decision that has changed my life. So I encourage everyone, 100% of us to be able to do this. Some, I mean, you may be just stepping into giving for the very first time, and if that's the case, I guarantee it's gonna make a difference. When you think about what your pledge amount might be, you go like, I don't know if I can think out two years, I can only do a year, then just write one year somewhere in the corner. It's just for planning purposes and put that in there and include it as well. As we do these, we're setting ourselves up, opening ourselves up in a very holy moment before God. And I hope that you'll approach it with that way as well. In the end, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take our stars, we're gonna take them and we're gonna set them on the tables in the back. Now, I, some of you are thinking this already, I know this, I wanna keep my star. So I encourage you, if you want, take a picture of it. Take a picture of the front, take a picture of the back. You might put a little date in the corner right there. But we're actually preparing stars that you will be able to take out with you as a remembrance of this. But the picture might be a meaningful thing for you as well. We'll take our slips today. We'll put them in little boxes in the back if you're prepared to be able to do that. So let's take the next couple of moments with this prayer before us. Lord Jesus, we know that you have given your all for us. And Lord, here I am before you. May this bring forth expectations that I have only dreamed of in my life. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.